Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley, Editor-in-Chief of Police One. Hi, and I'm Jim Dudley, law enforcement professional. All righty then. Um, as promised in our last podcast last week, this podcast is all about Police One members speaking out on the website um, with regard to some of our, our hot topics. And um, we're going to read a few of your comments. First off, thank you for so many comments, um, and thank you for your emails when you send them. Um, we really do enjoy having this be a, um, an interactive experience for, for everybody. So we're going to focus on you guys and your thoughts on naloxone or Narcan. Um, here are a couple comments that I found kind of um, entertaining and informative. Um, Nar- Narcan a guy three times in two days, and he fought us each time. What a joke this world has become. Tax dollars being spent to save drug addicts. Um, I'll do one more, and then, uh, Jim, you give me one of yours. Let's see. Um, um, I'm not a paramedic. I did not sign up to be a paramedic. I am not a social worker, nor did I sign up to be a social worker. If someone does not want to possibly die when they take an illegal drug, don't do it. Yeah, I've, I've seen that one uh, phrased in different ways several times throughout the, the chain. The two that, that popped up um, that really resonated with me were the one individual, I, I believe it was the latest comment, that was asking about the side effects of naloxone and that uh, the people that he saw or administered it to went, um, I can't, well, I can't quote what he wrote on, on the website, mm-hmm. but that they were quite agitated when they came out of their stupor. And that is one of the side effects that... Uh, Side effects include agitation, changes in blood pressure, flushing, hallucinations, heart attack, injection site reactions, irregular or increased heartbeat, nausea, numbness in skin, seizures, shortness of breath, slowed breathing, sweating, trembling, and vomiting. And I've seen it. I've never administered it myself, but back in the day, I saw the uh, EMTs uh, administering uh, Narcan or naloxone and and seeing people sit up like the bride of Frankenstein immediately agitated not not so much because of the Narcan I don't think but because you just killed their buzz and <laughs> and it took them quite quite a, a bit of energy to 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 get the uh, the narcotic that got them there in the first place so uh, sometimes they will fight with you so the I do know this that once you've administered Narcan, you've got to continue to call for medical assistance to evaluate. So, if you're just a law enforcement officer out there in the middle of nowhere, certainly make sure that you have a, a cleared airway um, that that the person's breathing. But but make sure you get follow up by medical professionals to to make sure there's there's nothing else going on. The the other um, email that I saw that that um, that really resonated was the individual who said, hey, when are we going to start giving EpiPens? When are we going to give yeah, nitro pills for heart attacks? I mean, legitimate uh, medical issues that we can help save people. Law-abiding uh, citizens, I believe they wrote. Law-abiding yeah. citizens. So, yeah, I mean, we use, um, we, we all know CPR. Um, we, we use the... Um, AEDs, the um, the the paddles that are in the box that you automatic read. electric defibrillator. There I you go. That's what it's called. You just read it, turn it on, and it tells you what to do. So so those things are in play now. We have the first aid, the rescue kits, and things like that. But yeah, I, I do agree with you on the EpiPens. Um, I've seen a couple of 
MSG reactions, and they're they're very similar to choking or a heart attack. It's anaphylactic so, shock. I yeah. Mean, you, your, your throat literally closes up and you suffocate. Right. And I think there are a lot of kids and adults out there with uh, allergic reactions who could certainly benefit from, from a quick use of an EpiPen. But I mean, that's another um, job creep that uh, is it another thing we're going to be asked to do. When, and, you know, as soon as you start putting more tools on the belt... Um, and if it's an EpiPen or if it's, you know, as you said, uh, you know, any kind of other um, resource or life-saving um, tool or capability, you know, you have to have the training, you have to have the annual training, you have to make sure that the tool is up to date, you know, EpiPens go out of date, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. So, I mean, it is, you do see this, this notion of mission creep um, when you start saying, and, and, and to the, that member's point, you know, you know, I believe he or she, whoever that was, was indicating like, look, we're saving the lives of criminals and we're ignoring the lives of law-abiding citizens. This is kind of a different, this is a strange, strange perspective, you know? It's, and, I, and I get it. I understand the frustration there. I think that most, most of these members, it really read to me, most, most of these folks don't want to have this on their belt. They don't want to have to administer it. They, they're more than happy to wait for EMS or fire. Yeah, and point of clarification, I mean, we say criminals because what pops into our mind is heroin use or other illegal opiates, but we really have a problem in America right now, and, and we have a lot of pain medication going out there that's, that, that's are, a fair point. that yeah. are they're yeah. based in opiates, and so we have this culture of keep taking this pain med, and we have people legitimately overdosing yeah. on pain medications, and certainly they're they're uh, worthy of of narcan when we when we could get there so that, i mean i just wanted uh, yeah you know that's, 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 that's a very that's a very fair point i mean there are folks who have legitimately become addicted to opioids you know they're taking them for a bad back they're taking them for a purely legitimate reason and you know certainly they're not they're not criminals um, but i think you know what we, we really see in the, in the comments on the site is that that's really where people were addressing it so i'm glad that you brought that up um, in addition you know as an argument or a counter counterpoint to this, um, there are several other comments on the on the site that really kind of support the notion of carrying this 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 stuff around. I want to read one at least, and there's one that's also that's it's a little bit long, but I'll, I'll try to get to it. I know as a cop, there were times I felt useless, just standing around waiting for someone to come, whether that someone was EMS or fire or whoever. If you give me the tool, I'll use it. As someone who also happens to have a son who is a, quote, junkie, I hope there was someone around who could Narcan him, cop, or anyone. And I'll try to get this other one done quickly. I have very mixed feelings on carrying Narcan. My agency recently obtained a supply through grant funding, and we have several saves with it. The grant did not provide enough funds for restocking, so I'm not sure what's going to happen when the current supply gets used up. I work in a large county with very few full-time EMS services. It's not unusual for me to drive 20 plus miles to a call and wait 10 to 15 minutes for EMS to get there. I have zero sympathy for the junkies, but I can't help sympathize with the parents who keep hoping their kids are going to get it together and clean up. I also know our coroner's office would be overwhelmed with the spike in death investigations if Narcan wasn't being used. Interesting point, and I really want to thank, uh, that's uh, Wendy Ann 33 for that, and I also, uh, uh, ESU 5, uh, you know, Thoughts and prayers for your son there, sir. Absolutely. I mean, there is a legitimate purpose for it, but the job creep um, 
issue comes up again and again. And what really was interesting to me outside of the Narcan naloxone issue is it seems like we had a lot of line officers saying, hey, this is a policy that was made by people who rarely get down and do the job. And I think we're seeing that across the board in law enforcement when we talk about changes in policy that are being proposed for use of force. We're, we're, hearing, we're hearing from law, line officers who say, hey, these things are being discussed and hammered out and, and mandated for us to do by people who don't do it. And, and I think I referred uh, to an incident on, a, on another podcast when I talked about getting in this struggle, trying to take somebody into custody and realizing that was my sort of epiphany that this is what we're asking our cops to do. And we have these sort of awful but lawful restraints or force that we can use that end the fight quickly and saves the officer and usually the suspect from injury as well. But sometimes it doesn't look so good. It certainly doesn't look good on a phone camera. But if we draw out the fight, if we try to use humane methods, we draw it out, we dance with the person, we really expose ourselves and them to more serious injury. And I would love for any new policy to bring line officers as part of a stakeholder. Yeah, well, I think that that's, you know, I, I agree completely. I think that line officers are altogether too frequently ignored in the creation of new policy and in the tweaking of existing policy. You know, I mean, the cops on the street are the ones who are who know what works and what doesn't, you know. So that's, to me, that's your research firm. You know, that's the way in which you should be getting all of the data on which you base a decision on things like Narcan, okay? So... You know, the policy is you're going to carry it and you're going to use it when you come into contact with an OD of any kind. All right. That's that's clear, fairly clear cut. But, you know, there's other things that may be happening that you need to address at the scene. You know, so I think that when you, just to your point, when you have policies that are kind of manna from heaven, you know, it's like just dropped in the lap of the line officer with no consultation or, 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 you know, discussion, that's when you're going to have opposition such as what you've seen in some of these in these uh, comments. The comments are. In, I read them all. They're pretty fiercely opposed to uh, to carrying Narcan, whereas you know you have the two comments that I just mentioned, and there were others, um, where you see an officer who would be willing to carry it, would be willing to use it, um, and they state clearly their reasons. You know, EMS isn't going to get here for 20 minutes. I'm going to watch an OD turn into a death. Uh, don't, my coroner's office is going to fill up with reports. You know, or and, and bodies. You know, so there's. When you have the discussion with the line officers and say, what effect will this have? How does it change what you do? That's when you're going to come up with better policies, more, more meaningful policies, right? Yeah, and, and I think we've gone to the point of it's not epidemiology. We are seeing the illness, injury, death, and we're putting Band-Aids on them. We really do need the help of public health and people who know the problem from the root base so that they can help us with long-term solutions and, and viable solutions. So if we are having a problem with opiate-based prescription meds being over-prescribed, then, then let's do something at that end. Instead, we're giving cops naloxone saying, hey, people are going to OD. When it happens, use this. I don't think that that's the answer. Yeah, yeah. You have to address the supply version of, uh, you know, side of all of this stuff. 
The, the great thing about these debates, as they are hotly contested on the Police One website and elsewhere, is that there really is no easy answer. And so I think what it really means is we have to continue to have these conversations. And I encourage uh, folks listening to this podcast to continue to make those comments beneath um, you know, what you're listening to. And um, you know, if you have suggestions, if you have thoughts on things that you think that can, you know, we can resolve some of these issues, email us. Uh, Jim and I received the same email at policingmatters at policeone.com.